Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our first TN Scones, official TN Scones of the year. And g'day, John Ladoka. How are you going, John? Hey, it's good to see you, Mark. Glad to be with you in the in the group today. Absolutely. So uh, there you are, way over in whereabouts in America right? are you based? I'm in the heartland. We're right smack dab in the middle. We're on the western side of uh, Michigan in a little town called Holland. Fantastic. Fantastic. And of course, we had... Uh, we had Rochelle on last year, and, and it was uh, so much fun having her on. Uh, she told me I had to have you on as well because you're the smart one in the family. Is that right? No, not, not true. She's smart enough to know better. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, 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 that's right. Now, I, I first uh, met your wife at uh, Strategic Coach, and I think you, uh, you joined. Is that where you met, or did you know each other before that? No, um, my story started, uh, I met Rochelle at University of Michigan. She was a student there and I was with a technology company and we sold it and got married and moved to Chicago and kind of one of those sliding doors types of things. She had two options on the table for employment. One was to manage an enterprise rent-a-car and the other wow. was to work at Strategic Coach. And so in many ways, our lives hinged on that decision, but we didn't know it at the time. She picked yeah. the right option and started bringing home tapes. And I, um, I'd been an entrepreneur, but never called myself one. And uh, she started bringing home tapes and telling, uh, telling all these stories about dance love. And I thought, well, what kind of a cult has my new wife joined? <laughs> and little did I know that it would be probably the most formative relationship in our careers. Because uh, before I was really even formerly an entrepreneur, I was awash in Dan Sullivan's wisdom. I was listening to his audios and became a raving fan and started the Wisdom Link, um, our company, uh, in 2002, well before even meeting Dan. Uh, I was a fan and was, um, yeah, probably a uh, as avid a fan as anyone, mainly because most of Dan's clients, as you know, are very successful entrepreneurs, which means they didn't have nearly as much time as I did. <laughs> to sit around and listen to Dan Sullivan's tapes. Yeah. No, that's right. We all drank the Kool-Aid, didn't we? And, uh, <laughs> indeed, you know, indeed. We all became raving fans and, and still are. I still uh, still listen to the podcast and I'm really enjoying the ones with Peter Diamandis and so on, you know, about longevity and, yeah. and all those sorts of things. It's just uh, talk about wisdom. I mean, there's just so much wisdom, you know, you know comes out of that. So, so you joined Strategic Coach at some stage and obviously uh, yes. got got closer to the Kool-Aid at that point. We did and enjoyed a really unique relationship with Strategic Coach. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, a One of the coaches at Coach, prior to my joining the program, elected to sort of mentor me. His name was Dan Taylor. And I don't know if you knew oh, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, okay, so job. Dan Dan just picked me as sort of his student and fed me books and mentored me and started introducing me to Strategic Coach clients for me to work with them. And I was doing unique process for those clients, one of whom ended up being the head of Lincoln Financial. And so well before I had even purchased my first life insurance policy, I was working with essentially the head of one of the largest companies in the country here and became Mr. Insurance Guy and did um, many hundreds of unique processes for strategic coach clients. In fact, Sullivan brought me into his office and made us sort of the official unique process team for uh, the coach clients. And so they had our materials in the back of the room. We enjoyed a really a rarefied relationship with, yeah. with strategic coach for about 10 years, I suppose. 
fantastic. I mean, that was that was such a great stepping stone for for many people, especially in financial services. So, Absolutely. You know, taking away from product sales into unique processes. And I mean, it's the center of everything I do now around uh, my own business, Rural Succession Solutions, is our nine-step process. And, and I mean, well, that's yeah. just the, the heart of it, creating a, a unique process, unique value, unique wisdom, and so on. It's, uh, it's just so important. But, you know, okay. digging a little deeper, what... So uh, I'm not sure whether you're still going to, to coach or, or, or not at the moment, but what do, you, what do you do, John, in regard to keeping positive mindset, positive fo you know, focus that's positive all the time, uh, gratitude tools? What, what do you use yourself to, to make sure your mindset's always right and that uh, you know, you've always got that positivity, you've, you've got gratitude in your life and so on? What are, what are the tools or, or strategies you're using now? Well, I think in many regards, it has to do with my trade. So when we built the Wisdom Link, uh, it's such a it's a clever name and it might sound a little snotty, but we never positioned ourselves as being the wisdom. We were I was smart enough to know that I had no business going toe to toe with some of these seven, eight figure, 25, 30 year industry veterans. So I didn't ever wish to be the the dispenser of wisdom. I was there to collect it. And so. Um, I've built a career being in the cockpit, so to speak, with some of the best in the industry. So in wealth management, the top 10 on all of the platforms here in the States, same thing with insurance. So grace and gratitude come with that. There's a certain humility in being in the room with renowned experts. And so my clientele keep me humble. There's, um, you know, there's, there's just so much that they bring. And through them, we get to be aid to the many hundreds of clients. And so it's a humble position in general, but uh, like everybody else, you know, I get um, downtrodden or I get that sense of entitlement about, you know, why things aren't working this way or that. And yeah. I'm, I am a devout fan of coach. And so uh, gratitude journals, I remember distinctly uh, mm -hmm. writing things that I was grateful for. And uh, a good example of this, I was, um, moping around i was being sort of self-inflicted wound you know i was i was down in the dumps and i remember writing my gratitude little journal and i ended up writing well at least i don't have cancer well you remember dan taylor died of yeah. cancer yeah. and dan was a fighter dan was a remarkable man and he had at the time that i met dan he had six i think or seven separate entities parent care he was coaching a strategic coach he had derbyshire yeah. he had um, he had the American Pet Cross, which he roped me in and brought me into. He had Derbyshire, the real estate. I mean, the guy was a remarkable, uh, you know, entrepreneur. And he, when he got uh, stage four uh, cancer, he had only a year to live. In the last year on the planet, the guy hired us. He said he wanted to build a unique process for how to create uh, or to make very difficult decisions under stress. And it was called My Victory. And I thought to myself, Dan Taylor would give anything for my problems. And so I'm sitting there in my gratitude journal. I'm like, I'm being sarcastic. I'm writing, well, at least I don't have cancer. And I, and I suddenly thought, yeah, you knucklehead, at least you're alive. You have days ahead of you to go and do things. And whatever your problems are, Dan Taylor would love to have your problems. Yeah. And it, it, was a, it was a good reminder. I've never forgotten that lesson. It's, I've, I've kept that for many, many years. And um, Dan broke my heart. I, I knew what Dan meant to me, but I never really knew what I meant to him. And when he passed away, he asked a couple of people to speak at his funeral. One was Dan Sullivan and the other was me. And uh, I had no idea because 
you know, he was just such an icon and kind of an amazing legendary guy. I just thought he must have had, and he did, you know, a hundred people at, at his wake, but yeah. um, he was very special and, and his relationship to the world. Yeah. Phenomenal example of uh, creating value, uh, serving others, being sort of irreverent with the rules out there to, to bend and, and, and to uh, innovate and find new ways to do things. And my, my secret sauce is every week we start our team meetings with gratitude. Everyone has to go around the table, personal and professional, and kind of yeah. do we talk about it like we're sweeping out, you know, the boogeyman. I start yeah. all my strategic meetings with my clients where we, I, you know, I wait while they think of something if they haven't. And yeah. uh, we use it as a salve against all this negativity. There's so much of it in the world and everyone's so accustomed to just grousing. And yes. nothing gets done, you know. No, no good things come when people are uh, stuck no. in their muck, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing good in the world comes from it. And John, I'm not sure if you're aware. My uh, daughter, a few years ago, created a uh, her own business, which is called the Gratitude Project. And uh, you know, I never talked too much about that mm -hmm. in regard to the naming of it and so on. But you know, when she did that, I was just uh, I was so proud that somewhere along the line that had sort of filtered down through the. Uh, that's awesome, Mark. Uh, through the conversation somewhere, and, um, and and her whole life these days is uh, is is based on this business called the Gratitude Project, and really being selfless and helping other people to to achieve things. and And I love watching what she does in regard to being grateful for what she has in her life. And uh, but you know, it's interesting. I'm digressing here a little, John, and, and I don't mean to cut into your time, but I don't mind you know, Narcissism is a very big thing in the world these days. You know, I see more and more of it, and and it's interesting because, you know, um, you can't be selfless, uh, and there's a lack of empathy and a lack of gratitude with that with that sort of ailment. And uh, and it's lovely to watch people who do exhibit selflessness, uh, have empathy for others, and do things for the benefit of others, and actually are grateful what they have and don't have a sense of entitlement you know they're the traits i look for in people these days. you know mark this is this is the i think the the virtuous side of capitalism that if we're if we are servants and if we are creating value for others you can fall right into that with a lot of faith that instead yeah. of being burned you'll be rewarded and instead of being uh, swindled you know you'll you'll create a, a niche market and create value for others and I have learned over and over again that when it's about me, boy, I am not very creative. Uh, the world gets very stingy and narrow. And when I make it about others, it's like yeah. the whole world opens up. I mean, it's yeah. really kind of a magical way of operating. And I don't think many people are taught it. I mean, maybe more now than ever before. But for guys our age and our generation, I mean, we were told to look out for ourselves because the world was a dangerous place. And I, I suppose it still is. I don't think that it's become some sort of Disneyland. But nonetheless... The, the the magical uh, power of just being in in the humble servant position, uh, creating. I mean, you have to be shrewd and smart and you know resourceful and you, all those things still apply. And the principles of business they still apply. But boy, when you are really in your heart serving, things kind of work out, don't they? I mean, it just sort of like comes to you. It, it's really kind of yeah. marvelous. Yeah, we've built most well, of our referrals, and I've made probably a lot less money than I could have if I had been stingy or driving by the hour. But, you know, we fall in love with our clients and we want to, we just want to create tremendous results for them. And it's not always the shrewdest business to, to go in that deep or to, to give without watching the clock, but it always comes back with dividends. It always gets 
comes back to us in spades with new clients, introductions, repeat business. I mean, I'm 20 years in and I've learned like to have a lot of faith that that's a better path. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, absolutely. I, I wanted to, uh, to touch on, look, obviously there's a couple of businesses you're involved in. One's a playbook builder and the other one, Wisdom Link, which we've already touched on. Yep. But before, before we get there, um, you, you talk about the work you've done in regard to business development, brand strategies, and so on. Uh, you've written books. Have you got any there to hold up? Or, or? Yeah, I think I've got one around here. I wrote this book uh, several years ago, and it's making a sort of a comeback. It's called The Thought Leader. Thought Leader. Yeah, and um, the truth is, again, it's this position I've been in. I have been in the room with some just phenomenal entrepreneurs for 20-so years, and I started to see patterns and it fascinates me. The volume of clients that we've had over the years meant that I was sometimes back to back seeing folks who had and exhibited the same characteristics, the same values, the same narratives. We started to build this pattern that they operate within the structure. And it looks like this, the thinker, the leader and their tribe. So the thinker leader relationship is the person who unveils the big secret in their industry really uh, informs what's really going on. Dan Sullivan's a fabulous example of a thought leader in this regard. He always takes you to the place of like, oh, that's what's going on. Like he shows you where the money is. He explains what, you know, that's the guy, that's the thinker. The leader provides prescriptive advice. They say, okay, so if you, if you agree with me, this is what's wrong and, and this is what's going on. Here's what you can do about it, that leader component. Yep. And, and so, you know, to bring this back to the gratitude thing, it was just the who. I was just in the room, like amazed that I got to be in the room with these folks, listening to what they do for a living. And uh, the wisdom link was about capturing their wisdom. So I didn't have to be the smart guy in the room, thank God. No. I could just be there to listen. And we've had, you know, the Zigglers and, and um, heads of big companies like Transamerica. And, and I mentioned John at Lincoln. Um, top 10 producers and they're always outliers. They're always the most interesting folks. They're just sort of, you know, creating and innovating. It's a ton of fun. And that was, uh, one, of the, that was one of the interesting things about going to strategic coach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, I was never the, I was always the dumbest guy in the room. I remember one time we did a breakout Yeah. and the, the other three guys that would, and I was here, I was talking about my humble little issues over here in Australia. And the three guys in my breakout group were Dan Sullivan, Peter Diamandis, and Jeff Walker. <laughs> and I sometimes think about that, and I just think, wow, those guys, you know, all three of them. Amazing. Just, you know, just big, big uh, yeah. people yeah. In, in America in the world in, in regard Indeed. to what they do. Yeah, globally. And, uh, those are big yeah, guys. that's right. And I thought there was a good lesson there about never be, you know, when you're paying money to learn, don't be the smartest guy in the room. And uh, yeah. I certainly wasn't there. That's it. I think I think coaches, uh, you know, after so many years, most of the folks in strategic coach often say the same thing, that the benefits they get from the, the wisdom of the materials and dance coaching and things doesn't pale in comparison, but it's well matched to the benefit of just simply collaborating with other entrepreneurs, that they get so much benefit and value out of the the ways others are solving uh, business problems. And, and as a consultant, uh, you know, if you work with businesses, you know this is true. We get to be like little honeybees, you know, well, look at you with the wind out there. I was going to say, is it noisy? Should I? Do I need to take? This no, 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 no. I'm just jealous. It's. I think it's single digits where I am right now. It's like Narnia. <laughs> so I'm just. That's I'm very funny. jealous of your beautiful back uh, back uh, area there. Yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful day here. A little bit of wind coming through. Now let, let's talk about the playbook builder. 
Mm. John, let's talk about that whole business and, and we'll come back to Wisdom Link. But let's, okay. with, with your playbook builder, explain what that means. And you've got software and so on that, that yeah. goes with that. So I want to, want to hear about how you go into businesses and, and help them uh, with your playbook. Well, I've often said that wisdom is the thing. And I work with highly commoditized service businesses primarily. So the differentiators are they're very they're invisible. They're not products traditionally. They're the how, they're the unique experience. And so uh, we were in capturing that stuff with Wisdom Link and we were just listening to some remarkable people. And I thought, my God, if I had the ability to capture what they're sharing, if we could get these stories that they're telling me on camera, what a great asset it would be for the entrepreneur. I'd come out of software. I was dumb enough to say, yeah, let's try this. And so we threw some money at it. We built the first round of uh, Playbook Builder in 2009. And it, it worked. One of my clients uh, was a financial advisor at Lincoln, and he was licensing his intellectual property out to other advisors. And so we put almost like a you know a recipe, his, uh, his PowerPoints, his tools, his checklist, but also his videos explaining how to apply these things. So a whole package. And that's how Playbook Builder was born. It became basically a walking, talking operations manual. And so clients use it for things like onboarding new hires, you know, even before their first day or... Uh, scaling up best practices in the organization. They can clone the best person in the organization, the subject matter expert. You have 20 salespeople, one person's killing it. Let's take that person. Let's let's uh, let's deconstruct what they're doing and harness it. Um, we're working with a client actually down in uh, on your continent in Mackay, out in Queensland. And uh, Mackay in Queensland. Yeah, yeah wow. fabulous company. They're they're called yeah. Guardian. They're an insurance company, and I absolutely love them. They're just wonderful people, and they do such a great job. And they're using Playbook Builder because they have so much magic in the company. They have such a brilliant culture. They've invested heavily time and treasure and resources to build a family-like environment and they wanted to preserve it as they're growing. And so what they wanted to be able to do was tell those stories and that heritage and also best practices so they could scale up. And as you can imagine with COVID, people working from home, they're isolated or you're opening up new offices. It's hard to feel like a community. And so Playbook Builder is, it's a little cheesy, but I talk about it like a company campfire. It's a place where all of the wisdom in the organization can reside so that it can be shared and it can, it can grow. Typically, you know this, it lives yeah. in the heads of a few people. Yeah. And we do knowledge transfers like it's the 1800s. You know, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to share with you from my mouth into your ears. And if you catch what I'm pitching, Awesome. But if you leave or die unexpectedly or take half of my book of business, I have to start all over with the next chap. And you can imagine how discouraging it is for someone who's on their fourth or fifth junior and they're tired of training them. And then COVID comes along and it just exacerbates this because you never even get to see folks now. And so we've had a, like a real interest in the software for companies that are trying to hold the whole organization together and have... Uh, both the cultural stuff, the heart of the place preserved, but also just the operational things, the day-to-day -day stuff that needs to be done exceptionally well and consistently. And there's all kinds of ROI in that. You know, you can you can imagine wealth management, you know, hiring that those 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 team of advisors that you want to bring in to say yes to the volume or your succession plan. You know, those that's the person you would teach with your stories and your best practices, or if you're selling the business. You know, you're going to be able to make it turnkey. And if it's not reliant upon you, it's worth more. Um, these are the applications for it. And it's kind of so simple. I'm embarrassed. Sometimes if I tell you about Playbook, you're like, well, it's like you invented toast or something. I mean, <laughs> you take all the stuff you know 
and you put it somewhere. It's it's you know it's not an innovative idea in that regard. What was um, was interesting? Two thousand and nine, we built it, and no, nothing right like that really existed. And so we got you know really excited, and we had a number of clients really excited with us. So we rebuilt it again in twenty twelve, and we decided to make it into a SaaS business, like a service as a software, and we would you know turn it loose, and we bombed terribly. And I thought, I I don't get it. Am I just going to die with playbook builder in my basement, like Van Gogh's paintings or something like, am I the only one who thinks this is awesome and like a handful of clients, but we were just ahead of the market. And so by 2014, 15, there were other players, people started to, you know, experience these kinds of applications and see the merits of them. And then the thing that's been on my side is demographics. So my clients are boomers and they are, they're exiting the workforce. You know, you deal with you know, you're an advisor, so you know that you know if people are retiring. Well, guys in your trade are retiring too, and they're looking to sell their businesses, and so they're thinking, how do I get it ready for sale? Um, we've also worked with some private equity firms, and they love the fact that what they can do is optimize all their, you know, all the assets in the portfolio and get them all running in the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> excuse, excuse me for the dogs. <laughs> I thought that was you. <laughs> Hold on, I'll I'll, uh, I'll ask you a question, then I'll mute the mute the, uh, the the mic. But I mean, what what you're talking about is is just such a powerful thing, as you say. If you've got new employees coming in all the time, uh, instead of actually allocating a human being to train those people day by day by day all the time, you've got it. You just give them access to the software. There's no travel. There's no none of all those sorts of costs. So it must uh, your your software obviously saves companies a. A fortune in in on costs, in in employment time, in travel, accommodation, and all those sorts well, of Mark, things. But also, you you know, you're saving, you know, and like I say, if the, the executive, the key person, the entrepreneur dies, you've got all that wisdom yeah. that they've been able to record, and and that's there for all the people coming through to understand why the business was set up, the you know, the intentions of the right. the original owner, and so on. I mean, it's just. It's just so invaluable, John. What you what you're doing. Thank you, Mark. I mean, you've you've been there. Somebody's administrative assistant will be gone for three weeks, and it can bring a very healthy company to its knees. <laughs> Nobody knows how to transfer a phone call while Betsy's out. You know, and so as a defensive posture, yeah, it's a good hedge against losing people. Um, but additionally, it's such an honor to do it because you know small businesses. I mean, we work with under a hundred million in revenue, so they're small companies usually first generation, and there's a pride in the way that they do what they do. They become successful not because they they borrowed somebody else's plays. It's because they were very thoughtful and conscientious, and they, they were careful about those operations and those procedures, having their brand, their values threaded through them. It's their unique way of doing things. And there's there's not only pride in it, it's a survival technique. It's this is why we win. And so to pass those on to juniors, to be able to preserve them, to even perfect them, there's real dollars and cents in, in thinking of process and, and um, the play-by-plays as the asset of the company, the wisdom of the business. It has real value. It has real um, marketable value. It can drive top line, preserve bottom line. And yeah, in the liquidity event, as you know, uh, somebody thinking like they've got their business down to almost a franchise, almost turnkey, you know it's worth another turn on EBITDA. Is your dog barking? Sorry, no? sorry I had the, the, the dogs are actually fighting. We're a fine now. pair, aren't we, today? They're actually fighting, so I had to mute myself. That's okay, I'll bark along. You've been able to hear yourself. Apparently, I sound like a cat or something. 
<laughs> they were chasing something over there. So, so tell me, Wisdom Link obviously just ties in so well with what you're doing with the playbook, Builder John. So it's it's interesting you've got two separate companies because they, to me they just sound like there's uh, there's such a huge connection between the two. That's totally correct. We we started with Wisdom Link and we were doing it analog, and it occurred to us, golly, we should have a software that can house all this great stuff we're pulling out of these people. We did yeah. sever them, but we continue to work in parallel. So we've got clients who come to us to package all their wisdom and build a curriculum or to build their playbooks. Um, or we've got folks who just buy the software on, on the internet and just do it themselves. And you know, sometimes they call us and say, can you help? And we say, sure. Sometimes they're just busy as beavers and they do it all on their own. And we're delighted that they can. Um, yeah. Where we really help them, and I think you probably understand this, it's hard to see yourself. It's hard to do this for yourself to some extent, like to know what your own secret sauce is can be elusive. It's nice sometimes to have somebody pull it out of you. Well, you know, I've got to tell you, I've, I've been working with some uh, some guys. We're doing a lot of Facebook ad, ads and so on at the moment for nice. our uh, rural stuff, uh, rural succession planning stuff. And uh, I've got to tell you, they've, they've pulled stuff out of me that I didn't realize were, were uh, the, the keys in the communication piece with uh, That's clients. That's fantastic. And, and, uh, you, you know, you, you do, you can't, it, it's like for my clients, you know, I mean, you can't fix right. succession planning problems within right. the family themselves. That's they right. They need me to come along and be the outsider to help them see what they can't see because it's so much easier to see someone else's issues, isn't it? It and, is. It and is. same for our own businesses, your business, my business, whatever. You know, we need people from outside to come in and have a look. Like I thought I was, a, I thought my business was succession planning, but, you know, finally these guys got out of me. Uh, I'm in the area of conflict resolution, uh, you know, mm -hmm. communication and conflict resolution. That's what I do. That's fabulous. I, I stop. I help families, you know, rebuild communication and eliminate the conflict. And uh, it's not succession planning. I mean, that's the end result is they get a succession plan. They get their estate plan. But most of my work is stopping the squabbles and, and so on. So, uh, you know, without coaches, I wouldn't have ever understood that. And so what you're doing is you're helping people just you know, like my coaches have me understand what it is that they actually really do then you can put a then you can put your structure your unique process in place uh which takes away competition all the, all those good things dan taught us you know takes away the competition you get it allows you to be a unique person in the marketplace that's it you you've normalized excellence most people i think started putting the blocks together in their career and they assumed everyone else does it that way too funny people yeah. think anybody can be funny you know and it isn't the case and so you know you've probably been trialing trialing and testing different approaches for many many yeah. you, you probably don't even remember what it was like to be you 20 years ago and not know what you know today it's hard you know to to sort of go back to those places but you know the typical dynamic that's rough is were you to have a junior they'd be starting at the 100 level you know, you'd have to be able to bring them back there in order to, to train them. But uh, it's so important for us. I mean, it goes back to gratitude, how we got started on this talk. To sit opposite somebody with the kind of contribution, say, that you make and be able to help them scale it or perfect it or talk about it more. I mean, just what you've talked about with these Facebook guys, like what a great gift for them to make you more present and aware of what you're doing you can do it better now you can do it more efficiently now i mean this is well, a great way better. to serve others yeah we're, we're better for our clients than we ever were before you know when, when i look at what we did 10 years ago for our clients well it was good and got a result uh you know we're much more 
in tune. We're much more understand. We're much more understanding of what the issues are, and we have better conversations, and we create better results. and uh, And that's what the important thing is. John, our, our time is nearly up, but I, I just want to say, and I know Michelle's friends with me on Facebook. She'll be able to uh, go in if she if, if she could and put in the links to both the playbook builder and the uh, the, the wisdom link, that's so kind people of you. who are watching this can. Uh, uh, can get more information. I, I just kind of want to interview you though, Mark. I want to keep going and just learn more about what you're doing because it's it's really neat. I had a client who had a PhD and they would helicopter this gal into intractable family disputes. And it sounds like that's what you do. And boy, was yeah. it valuable. I'd love to know more about what you're doing. I know we have to stop at some point here, but my curiosity has <laughs> got the better of me. It sounds marvelous. What a great gift. What a no, no, thank, thank you. I love what I do. You know, I can tell. Because, you know, John, you and I all know families where somebody dies and the whole family falls apart because uh, they, they come in and they start arguing about money and who gets what and you know who, who feels left out and so on. And uh, you know the, the gift be that I have now of being able to go in and, and hopefully circumvent that before the squabbles start, before the people contest wills and argue and never talk. Yeah, you know, the saddest thing is watching families where cousins never talk to each other because yeah. because the siblings have all fallen out. And you've got this row of 20 cousins underneath who aren't talking because mum and dad don't like their sister and brother. And, and it's just, uh, you know, I, I feel so fulfilled when we when we do this well and save wonderful. families effectively. And anyway, that's about me. It's, it's that's legacy stuff. You. That's legacy. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the same theme, though, for what I do. I mean, we've made a really good living, you and I helping other people, other families, other businesses. Like it's such a pleasure to, to be of use that way. And for what you're doing, I see the impacts of it. It's legacy impacting. I mean, that's generational stuff that could be significant for a family business. Yeah. What a great contribution. I, I, I love what you're doing. Thanks, John. Our time is up. Okay. So love chatting with you today. You as well. have just been great, great people to chat with. Uh, and my um, pleasure. Please ask her to, to, to go on and, put on these sites uh, all the links we can use to, to get in contact with you and Absolutely. Uh, to look at the stuff that you've done. John, thanks. Great. great Mark, thank you for having me. Take care. Enjoy the and, day. And Bye. Absolutely. Great. You've got a client over here in Mackay in Queensland. Yeah, it gives me an excuse. I might come and visit. You better come visit. Okay. See you, buddy. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.